Last Saturday night, I emceed another Treasure Language Storytelling show, our sixth one. And it's the fourth time I've been MC, which is a role I never expected to have. Anyway, the format is stable now, an invocation, four or five stories told expressively in the original languages without reading, followed by translations into English, and then audience questions if time permits. I think this last show was the best ever, but it's a miracle it came together at all. In this podcast, I thought I'd give you some of the backstory, my experience of producing a language show. On the Wednesday, 10 days out, I had prospects for storytellers in Tetum, Burmese and Czech. But by the Easter weekend, these all disappeared and there was only one confirmed storyteller. Christland is from Togo and was going to do the opening invocation and also tell a story. Both would be with his family. We scheduled a rehearsal for the afternoon of Easter Monday at his place. I would surely have all the storytellers lined up by then. On Thursday I wondered about cancelling. This was too hard. But instead I cancelled my weekend camping trip. There must be some storytellers I'm overlooking. So I renewed my efforts, making calls, getting nowhere. On Friday I needed a break and hid out in my office, working on new flyers and doing other publicity. It was easier than thinking about who to call and trying to reach them. I wasn't sure I had the energy for this. On Saturday, seven days out, I remembered the high school student from Malawi. He was promising but would need extra coaching. But that would be doable. He said he would come to the Monday rehearsal. Hmm, that was two items then. On Sunday, I got word from Alex Marley that the indigenous storytellers would come in from Arnhem Land. I'd been thinking of them as a single item, but if they each told the story, that would bring it up to four items. The show was going to be viable. So, to Monday in the rehearsal, as I arrived, my phone rang and it was the Northern Territory News wanting to do a piece about the show for their entertainment section. I was thrust into the mode of talking about the show as if it was going ahead. When I hung up from the interview, I newly believed in my own words. So I walked around the side of Chrislin's house and joined the small group of Africans sitting in the shade of a mahogany tree. Shortly, Andrea from Melaleuca Refugee Centre and Marie Benedict from Darwin High School showed up with their enthusiasm and faith. Well, in the end it wasn't a rehearsal so much as the way you'd spend a holiday afternoon relaxing with friends. We mostly talked and listened to Chrislin's ideas about connections between airwear the world's first language proceeding from the sun and indigenous Australians and the challenges they face. From time to time we'd have a story or song. Thinking back to it, we were doing what the show aims to do, celebrate, connect, bring more of ourselves into this place. Then it was two days out from the show, Thursday. That saw Christland with his djembe and me fronting at the offices of ABC Darwin to be interviewed on morning radio. Partway through, he played and sang in airwear with me holding the djembe for him. Next, I made my way to Darwin High School for an extra rehearsal with Nthalme and his story in Chichewa. As part of another program at the school, I watched a teacher tell a story in Thai. 
She was so animated, and I asked her if she would like to be in the show. She said she'd need to think about it, and would tell me the next day. By the end of Thursday, I was back in the city meeting the indigenous storytellers who had just arrived, and we had a pizza dinner together. I now had enough details from everyone to finalise the program. Story titles, greetings, keywords, biographical info. Except that is for Sandy, the Thai storyteller. I got an email from her early afternoon Friday. She said yes, but I couldn't actually reach her to discuss the format or get details for the program. I just had to call her as a mystery language in the program and ask the audience to try to guess what it was. I spent the rest of Friday afternoon back at Crystalline's home with the recently arrived indigenous storytellers Conrad and Rosemary, watching their mutual curiosity and growing friendship. None of them said they needed to rehearse their stories, but I explained I needed to time them so they humoured me and enjoyed hearing each other as well. It's always a pleasure to listen to people switch from English into fluent speech and I enjoy watching for raised eyebrows when people experience the otherness of a faraway language. The day arrived. Two-thirds of tickets had been sold. The program was printed. The mystery language looked like it was there on purpose. I phoned around the storytellers, but I had not been able to reach them all. Hmm. I bought food so we didn't need to leave the venue between the last rehearsal and the show. I had a good run. I had a nap. I felt refreshed. Andrea called to offer a lift. I quickly reviewed my checklist before getting in her car. Fresh batteries for my recorder. Oops. Still didn't have those. We could pick them up at a service station. We did, but they didn't work. Another station, more batteries, still no good. Had my professional field recorder chosen this moment to die after a decade of service? Surely not now, now that I'd abandoned video and was only going to record audio. I couldn't not have audio. Maybe Alex could bring in a recorder and save the day. By now it was after five, our rehearsal time, and only one storyteller appeared. I remembered I hadn't managed to get through to either African storyteller that day. I still couldn't. Andrea tracked down Falme, who was waiting for us at the wrong venue 15 kilometres away, and we called a taxi for him. But less than an hour before the show, everyone was accounted for. People began arriving. There was some excitement in the foyer. It looked like the show would sell out. And then the show itself, everything went smoothly. Storytellers and audience were all wonderful, happy, delighted to be part of this thing we were doing together. Somehow, I was a calm MC and storytellers at ease and didn't forget anything important. I think I struck a good balance keeping my talk to a minimum while keeping the audience um, or giving them a break between storytellers. They got to, um, well I guess when they were listening to other languages or processing the English translations that was more effort than listening to my chat. And I just would talk about the languages, how I met the speakers, mention some words to listen out for, and coach the audience in how to say the greetings, so that when the storyteller came on stage, it was clear what they had to say.
So I'm left with the question of how to do it differently and minimise the chances of catastrophe because there were so many things that could have gone wrong. I could have lost a storyteller or not had any recording at all. It's tempting for me to try to seek more control over people or theorise about the need to go with the flow and trust the universe to d deliver everything in exchange for a pure heart. But I decided I'll just go with Andrea's advice. Line up more volunteers, have one volunteer for each storyteller, and that person can be responsible for staying in regular contact and getting them to rehearsals and to the show. Our next show is on Saturday the 8th of July. Any volunteers?